Hello and welcome to Carbitrage Podcast, episode 90. I am Eric Berger, joined as always by my co-host Ryan Sinitsky. Hello, sir. Hey, uh, what are we still on five frames per second for the main camera? Sure are. Why don't we, can we turn like maybe yours to five frames per second and the main camera be like, I don't know, 15 or 30? We could turn yours to one and then the main still won't go higher. Well, because I move a lot. Yeah, I don't care. It, okay. I just tried that in the last episode. I don't know what's wrong. I don't really feel like spending money on a secondary USB card, so... That's fair. Yeah. There's anyway. that. <clears throat> so, uh, hi. Welcome to <laughs> Carbitrage. <laughs> Thank uh, you, audio listeners, for bearing with us. I'm sorry for the awful opening, and I hope you haven't turned this off immediately, because it's going to be a great episode. If um, you haven't, thank you. Yeah, thank you. If you haven't, you're in for a treat, because today we are doing... The $40,000 Italian Car Challenge. Italian Car Challenge. Yes. We are in the United States of America. So these are the rules. <clears throat> uh, you have $40,000 to spend on an Italian car. Obviously, since it's Italian, it will not be a daily driver. Uh, I'm shocked. But for that price range, that's the upper end of middle class affordable. I mean, that's... Yes. Bo- yeah. <laughs> that, that's, a, that's a dink, healthy car budget for yeah. something fun. If you're trying to get something fun... If you're, you know, upper middle class and you have you're getting one classic investment car, yep, forty thousand dollars is like the absolute limit. Yep. And what do you buy? Well, since we have them written down in order, I'm oh. gonna have you go first okay. with your pick. So mine, <laughs> um, I chose the Lancia Fulvia. Oh, that's the one with the beautiful V4, isn't it? It's the V4, uh, the '60s cars. Um, you know, that's really the only rally icon that you can get for an affordable price now because like well i guess maybe an original mini i did not know these were so reasonable yeah they're really reasonably priced like that's the most sought after one yeah this is probably a real rally car (laughs) yeah that's like the most desirable of the desirable it's the hf fanalone um 1.6 liter it's like if you were getting a fulvia that's the e30 m3 of fulvias Mm mm-hmm um and the price reflects it yeah exactly now if you go to the more normal ones um i would say check the the zagato because the zagato has the same engine oops uh, that's a 1.3 but still 1.3 sixteen thousand dollars yeah that's a clean looking car that's, yeah, that's a really a, cool clean car yeah that's a great for 16 car. grand um I would get the Zagato actually because so ugly. I don't think it's ugly. Blech. I really Ick. I think as far as the, as far as Zagato designs go, I think that the Zagato, it's pretty restrained as far as that goes. Here we go. One that looks like the race car and isn't seventeen thousand dollars. Mint. Sorry, that's my phone. No um, so yeah, I would say that, and because I mean, other than like a Mini Cooper, yeah, or the original Mini, mm-hmm. like that's the only rally icon you can get. Because this car was pretty much undefeated for a long time, and the car that defeated it was the Stratos. <laughs> <laughs> so, that was refresh my mind. That was also made by um, uh, Lancia. Lancia, Lan- Lan- that's Lancia, right. Lancia, mm-hmm. yeah, or Lan- and then, Lancia. But. And then after after the Stratos, I believe it was uh, uh, another zero three seven. Yeah, th- another Lancia. Another yes. Lancia. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. This is really like if you like Italian cars, you are a fool to look past the Fulvia. This, this is way cheaper than an eight valve Delta Integrale. Yes, way cheaper. Way cheaper. And I'm and talking eight valve too. I'm not talking sixteen it valve. It's like a shitload better. <laughs> <laughs> like it's 
All right, I, I do have to say, I'm going to put this out there. It is front-wheel drive. Right. But it's Look a at that beautiful engine. Mm. It has an insanely stiff rear end, so it kicks the ass out like a rear-wheel drive. Mm-hmm. So he has no weight in the back end of these. No, at all. none. So it, it was front wheel drive to get around corners. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the rear, if it was a rear wheel drive, if you've ever rear wheel drive swapped one, in say Forza, you realize Forza. you realize that you immediately are driving in reverse. Um, these cars are just absolutely phenomenal. Oh, gross! Sorry, I had to click on that. I thought it was an M5. Um, <clears throat> You're, you're an absolute <laughs> fool to look past these cars. Um, that's beautiful. These are just gorgeous. And if you want a car that's like. You know, still got some legs to grow on mm-hmm. value. Mm-hmm. The Fulvias really do. Because, you know, it's one of those cars where I, I don't know why they're not worth more. Like, it, there's no reason that these should be worth as little as they are. Because, I mean, it's a beautiful car. If you want they're actually not that unreliable. Yeah, uh, it's surprising. Yeah, I mean, as far as the, is an Italian car, it's about as reliable as an Italian car can get. Um, but I think uh, they sound amazing. They have... I think one of the best rear ends, or front ends, rather. Yeah, the front end's beautiful, and I, I think the 76 is the one you want. I think they changed it a little bit. Yeah, the rear ends look pretty good, too. It's It's got a, a very unique proportion. Yeah, and for being a coupe, mm-hmm. I know that you are... You hate coupes. I hate coupes. This thing's beautiful, though. Yeah, it looks really good. Oh, look uh, at the late yeah, 60s. This, the late 60s oh. one. That's what I was thinking of, where you had the massive headlights, the oversized headlights. It just looks right. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, wow. The, this is the car that Owen Wilson would buy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe. Yeah, when, when you get one with the white, with like, it, that color match. That not yeah, as good. I like it with color match. It, it no. reminds me of a... Uh, well, it's the taillights I don't like. I, I like the tights because it reminds me of a um, Hino Contessa, which is like one of my favorite Japanese cars of the 60s. Okay. Um, it's a gorgeous rear end. I love those wheels. Yeah, the wheels are great. The interior is great. It's just a fantastic little car. Um, That's oddly appealing. Yeah. I, I honestly didn't even look at your choice when I typed mine in. I just read the challenge. Every, everybody, like, <laughs> everybody just does not give these the time of day. And there was one at Wheels of Italy uh, mm. this year. I'm a, did I miss that? I'm a, I, think I tried I came, to get everybody to get jazzed about it, but everybody was too busy. I looking. think I came too late to see No, that. no, it was there the entire show. Oops. I, I tried to get you to go look at it. Oh, dude, <laughs> here's a 60s one that sold for 14 grand. I know. And the thing is, you know. Beautiful. There's, there's two things I really like about this car. Because if you really like a 60s car, you mm-hmm. get this. If you're super into, like, 70s or even early 80s, you get the Zagato. Like, uh, Zagato's disgusting. I love it. But, I mean, no, that's the thing is, like, this car has two very distinct body styles mm-hmm. that are based off the exact same car, and it's they appeal to totally different sections of the market. And yeah, it's I think it's just a great, great car. Um, and yes, yeah, so I, I, I agree. I, 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 have, I have no contention. <laughs> I think that these are just just ridiculously underappreciated. Like it just I don't get why people don't. Because this car's racing pedigree. Yeah. Is, oh, this it's is incredible. Ra- it's yeah. got the racing pedigree of a $100,000 car. So, yeah, this is totally one I'd get. I suddenly want one of these. Yeah. I w- I've been telling everybody <laughs> that they should get one, like, now. <laughs> like, it's a great car. <laughs> um, I, yeah. I mean, 
<laughs> Again, I've got nothing. That sounds like a great idea. That's a really, really good car. I, I have no beef with your choice. <laughs> However, I chose something a little bit different. What did you choose? Well, you know me. I, I'm a huge fan of the 1990s. Yes. So I picked something that started actually in the mid-80s, but I chose a Series 2 Lancia Thema 832. And what that is, it is basically a Volvo with a Ducati-built Ferrari 308 engine and five-speed manual transaxle, or trans, yeah, transaxle in the front. That's not a bad choice. Um, These, a nice one is $20,000. Yeah. And there has never been one sold at auction in this country before, ever. Well, they haven't been eligible for They've import. been import no. legal for seven years. Really? Hmm. Not the Series 2. This one has only been legal for three years. But yeah, they've got this... That angle, I like the front end a lot more. They've got a hilarious rectangular yellow badge on it that's just in, like, Times New Roman. It just says 8 period 3-2. I love that. And it's all over the car. Can we get the rear end? It's that's an active spoiler, active spoiler. too. Yes, mm-hmm. it's an active spoiler. I do know that. Uh, I really like that rear end. I kind of want an eight thirty two. I would get one. Honestly, they're they're it, so cheap. The rear end reminds me of a Lotus Carlton. Mm-hmm. The only yeah. thing is, those are front wheel drive. They are, which sucks. Both of our picks are oddly front wheel drive vehicles. That's weird. Oh, it's like Italians <laughs> make like. The occasional, like, if they make a front-wheel drive car, it's kick-ass. Yeah. And, like, I'm not choosing a bi-turbo. Screw that. No. Mm-mm. No, not at all. But, like, it's got a, you know, nice instrument. The seats look comfy. Just, oh, and yeah. there. Did yeah. I mention that there's a 3-liter, 32-valve, Ferrari-derived Ducati-built engine If you in the want front? a Ferrari 308 engine yeah. on the cheap, you get a Lancia Thema 832. And check, the, there's the badge. It is literally Times New Roman. It is Times New Roman. They took no treatment to it at all. Nothing fancy. But yeah, it just says Lancia, Lancia by Ferrari on the top. And that literally is just a 308 with a little bit different block. That's great. Um, and this guy has a lot of stuff. You know. <laughs> but anyway, this car thing. is currently for sale for 16,800 pounds. And it just had its engine out done. If you have... <laughs> I'm waiting for somebody with on the Mondial Challenge to say, I'll take a 308 engine out of a Lancia. A Lancia Do a Thema. Thema swap. <laughs> I'll take the exact same engine, but for $18,000. Technically, that's a legal swap. <laughs> it is totally within the rules of the challenge that you can use a Lancia Thema engine. It will work fine. And I feel like the day that the Mondial finally tips over $45,000, you'll start seeing people import these in terrible body condition but with a fine engine and just use them as donors these are rarer than the grmn yaris really how many did they make fewer than a thousand total Ooh, yeah that's not gonna happen then sorry Montreal, you were still sol forever being restored properly and it's got the typical italian gauges that never drop below the lowest increment above zero every italian car is like that I that's don't really why. funny yeah, like the the 355 right now is doing 20 miles an hour <laughs> and 500 RPM. <clears throat> I love that. That's really cool, actually. It's, Italians are just so quirky. But yeah, that's that's my pick. Like I said, you can get like you could buy this car and have it imported and registered for 20,000 US dollars. God, that's a really good deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, both of our picks in um 
the whole thing is. Damn your challenge, Ryan. We both came up with cars. We both really want. I know. <laughs> you know, the, the thing is, is they are, um, these are cars that bring a smile to your face. This, they are. This is. I guarantee they're both hilarious to drive. The, it's not necessarily a good car. It's a car that brings a smile to your face. It's way worse than an E34 or 540i. Oh, it's just but, tons worse. And you're going to smile when you're on the side of the road waiting for a tow truck. Because you have a Lancia Thema A32. It's going to be fine. Because <laughs> it's going to be... I almost <laughs> shot Bauhaus all over the mixer. <laughs> it's like, that's exactly what it is. That's a car that you smile about. Um, Seriously, like, I might look into one of those. I would. I get. I would either get that or a Fulvia. I mean, either way. I mean, you're, you're going to get a much better shot at giving me a Fulvia. Yeah, you're, you're right. There's so many here already. Yeah. But, like... I know, Neil. This is in the UK. It would take me no effort to get that here. I would get that. None. Just none. Like, hey, Neil, I'm just going to buy this. And you want and you know what? I'll pay you $2,500. That car is just reaching public <clears throat> consciousness. I know. And I think that would be a really good idea. Like that. But I, I have to get rid of something to get that. Um, it would be the M5, and I don't want to get rid of the M5. I just got that. No, you can get rid of the Fiat. That has to go away anyway, because I've already replaced it with the Tesla. Uh, I'm getting rid of the FJ as well, but that has to go to make room for the 124. You just got the FJ for a winter vehicle. I know, but now I don't need it because the Tesla's so good with winter tires. It's ridiculous. I'll tell you guys, I leaving your driveway because they plow once a year. Yeah, but apparently it doesn't matter because that thing pushes snow better than St. Paul City snow plows. It's true. Um, hmm. I'm trying to think of something you can get rid of. Uh, Brexit? I would I would dump Brexit for that. I think I probably would too. Yeah, maybe it, I'll, maybe I'll get an eight thirty two instead of Brexit. I, that would honestly I <laughs> I could not find a fault with that. Because <laughs> going to Wheels of Italy with that and be like, you, you could what well, the hell is this? That would save <laughs> that, that would serve the exact same purpose of Brexit. As people going, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> and that's. But, like, Brexit's an E30, but, like, that's a wagon. And then you open the hood, you're like, oh, sweet Christ. Well, so Brexit's cool, and it's a wagon, mm -hmm. and it, it turns heads. And I think this would get people up to it. Yeah. And they go, what the what the hell is this? And they look at it and go, oh. That's his Ferrari on the engine. Yeah. Hmm. This weird. And then they'd Google 8.32 Lancia, and they're like, oh, that is neat. You you could you you could probably get a vanity plate that says like Google it or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's just some people go like, what the hell is this? Why is some yeah. oh <laughs> FWD four R E? <clears throat> yeah, exactly. It, like it's a front wheel drive four door Ferrari. Like that's great. It's pretty neat. Anyway, um, yeah, that's uh, there are picks. Those are both really good. Jana is not here to make a pick. She'll be making hers next week. Okay. Um, I'm gonna make two guesses at what she would do. Okay. Um, I'm gonna say either a Fiat Multipla 500. So good. It's oh, a, the old ones. Yeah. Yeah. That that would be a Jana car. Oh no, I forgot about the 600 Jolly. And those are over. Those are worth. Those are way too much now. Okay, oh, there's right. six figures. Really? I don't know why, but they are. Yeah. I would much rather have a pile of 832s and Fulvias. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and then uh, I think my other uh, assumption about what Gianna would choose, so it would be a Fiat Multipla or, um, oh, shoot, there's another one I was thinking about, and then you, you distracted me. Sorry. No. Oh, God, what was it? It was like the perfect car, too. 
Shit. Regular air-cooled Fiat uh, 500? No, no, a, a Topolino. I definitely know what those are. Yeah, a Fiat 500 Topolino. Yeah. Why don't you throw that on the screen for uh, people? Because I think you can still, you can get a Topolino for, you know, under 40 grand, I think. Oh, yeah. That's got Jana written all over it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure those are cheap. If I was going to the store to buy a $40,000 classic Italian car. That is so old looking. It is. But that's the thing. It's in the 50s. It's like, it's a Fiat 500 mechanically. Like, it's fine. But That's just not cute. I think it's adorable. It, it, not that front end, though. You got to get the different front end. There's uh, the, that the one right there. Vertical yeah, the vertical one? Old, yeah, you're scrolling. There's one right there. How old is that? Uh, that's the 30s. 30s to 48. That one's almost certainly pre-war. It's almost pre-war. But anyway. Anyway, there's a Lancia 38. Look I at the, s- They monogrammed the floor mats in Times New Roman. I love that. <laughs> it, they actually they integrated the car phone really well. Oh, the, oh wow. Wow. <laughs> that's like very well integrated. All right, Owen Wilson. Buy both of those cars. Yes. And then, uh, Jana, I'm going to say, I think a Topolino would be up there. So. Just because that car is as cute as a button. Even has 12 months of MOT. The thing is actually solid. Oh, Burger, you need that car. I know, I kind of do. 215 horsepower. That's so shitty. <laughs> you are buying the least reliable Accord Euro R ever. <laughs> Dude, seriously, that is, that's BMW 530i power. But output. it's, it's front-wheel drive. So you could get that. Or you could get a 93 Accord and put a, like an H22 into it and make more power and be more reliable. And 832 challenge? <clears throat> like one, one, one hundredth of the level of cool if and you had an H-swapped Accord and make more power. This is also left-hand drive already. Oh, it is? Look at that. It was imported from Italy in 1998. Well, that's kind of... Did it make him a right, right-hand drive? The did, yep. I oh. would get the right-hand drive one just because it's a little bit more goofy. It's probably cheaper, one. too. Yeah. Oh, never mind. They made almost 4,000 of them. I was wrong. Cool. But anyway, that's my pick. That's a... Let's move on that to... Is a fantastic <clears throat> pick. Great the, decision. The competitor vehicle, the BMW 5 Series, yeah. that is... Uh, that's what we're going to cover this week. Oh, we're doing the actual model history. We're that, doing that model history. Be, I'm actually into that. Sounds good. Well, you're going to be super into, especially the early ones, probably like E28 and E12. What did they? What preceded that? Was that the like the Batmobile kind of cars, the 3.0 CSLs and stuff? Yep. Yeah. Well, it was preceded actually by the Bavaria, which was an yes, E3. the Bavaria. Mm-hmm. I actually like the Bavaria a lot. Me too. Yeah, I think they look really good. I love an that they call it the Bavaria. Modern car. It actually looks more modern than the first gen five series. It does. Yes. Um, I love the Bavaria because uh, German Chris. Uh, and Jens and Sebastian, they all came from Bavaria. I feel like it'd be hilarious if their father, Sven, drove a BMW Bavaria. <laughs> that would fit him really well, probably. I also like that Chris is the only person with a normal name. Like, not like a super German name. Like, everybody else's family is a super German name. Hmm. Yeah. I, I guess I only know Chris. Chris and Chris, Jens. Chris Pose, yeah. Yeah. So Chris, and then there's Jens, and then his, little, his youngest brother is Sebastian. Sebastian. <laughs> so they're, just like, they're so, so German. It's like they're painfully German. I love it. Sorry, I'm trying to just pull up a photo before I get going on this, which is apparently older than the internet because it lacks all pixels. All right, so BMW 5 Series started 1976. 
The first models we got here in the United States were the 528i and the 528i. Uh, this was the era where gray market was really popular, so we did also get uh, 530i. What these were, uh, they were the big block BMW straight six, the M30, but they were super duper destroked. So okay. ridiculously over square M30s. That would just rev to the moon. Um, and then nearing the end of the model run, so 1978 to 1981, the M badge was born. It was not born with the M1, like everyone thinks it was. It was really? born with the E12 M535i. Did the M did that have the M did the M1 have its engine or did it have the M1's engine? Neither. It had a different this, engine. This had an M30 in it still. Okay. Um, but it was a, a hopped up three and a half liter twin mm. carbs or optional injection. Mm -mm. Gross. No, you got the carbs. Most of them are injection, actually, come to think of it. But I, I have seen a twin carb one. Hopefully that wasn't an aftermarket thing. But as you can see, beautiful M color stripes, huge front air dam. This was 1978. That's a pretty modern looking car for 1978. It had a dogleg 5-speed Getreg manual. It had corduroy Recaro seats in it. That's awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> so... I like this thing. I give it this like thing where it's like, you know, obviously my main thing is I love Japanese cars. You do. I go through these like air, these like periods where I'm like I nerd out super hard on like one type of car. Okay. Because I don't know anything about it. Mm -hmm. So like pre-war mm -hmm. did that for me for a while, and I'm like I'm still super into pre-war even though I'm learning a lot about them. Because I just like to learn about cars. This like whole like late '70s of like German cars. Mm -hmm. It's just an enigma to me. And there's so much like, just, like cool stuff that I don't know about. And that's like, one of my favorite things about cars. I love finding a kind of car that I don't know about. There's like a bunch of cool stuff. So like Soviet cars for a long time were that. Because they made a lot of cool stuff that nobody knows about. And of course, like well, that's where... communication was pretty much just shut off yeah. for those decades. But I mean, like they made like really cool things. They weren't like performance, but they were cool. Um, but I, yeah, really uh, German, like 70s era German cars like are very very quickly well, gaining interest for me the 70s weren't the malaise for cars in germany like no. they were in the united states or in anywhere or else pretty much world. yeah everywhere yeah. else but like that's where we were and that's where our history comes no, from no so. and that well that's the thing is uh in germany in that era mm -hmm. uh germany had always been doing advanced tech right and kind of the same way japan was mm -hmm. uh, as well uh in that advanced tech really kind of set them up to be in the world we're in now where you get a Japanese or a German car, right? Or you're a fool. Um, as long as you avoid certain cars, yes. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, for the, for the most part, for rule of thumb, it's right, like right. if you want something good, you get something imported from Japan or Germany. You do have um, a, a better opportunity for success just randomly buying something Japanese or German than you do with something American. Exactly. So, and this is that era that really started that. And I love cars like this where it's like the first. You know, when it really kind of, like, came to it, or like, came into the thing, like, the uh, the primordial version of what our cars are. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, you can see you can see the DNA that not isn't there now for BMW because it's all gone. But I wouldn't even say it's all through. gone. It's, <clears throat> it's it's still there. You know, some, th some things like the Hoffmeister kink and the C-pillar, that's still here. And but, that, that's where it kind of has that little kind of twist thing, that little C-shape in the mm -hmm. last, yeah. Fair yeah, enough. things like that. Well, I mean, for people that are you know into Hondas and stuff, they aren't going to know what a Hoffmeister kink is, and they'll get very frustrated because everybody keeps saying that they should know. Yeah, but the well, I do know what a Hoffmeister GTR is now or whatever. But yeah, but you, you nobody did, does. Yeah, but you, you didn't. Not everybody, and you can't pick some random BMW guy and say, 
Hey, my favorite design cue is the surf line on a skyline. Nobody, you know, if you're not in the skylines, you're not going to know what that is. Fine. And, of course, the surf line is where the rear uh, wheel well arch, instead of folding back over the wheel, mm-hmm. it folds over the wheel, but also continues straight into the bumper line. That's what a surf line is. I've just fallen asleep, sir. Um, well, <clears> just like the Hoffmeister kink. Like, it's just one of those weird little things that mm-hmm. appears on several cars and becomes really part of the car. Oh, yeah, the make anyway. Yeah, that wasn't just five series. That was everything. But yeah, no, well, that's the thing. Yeah, this it's... might have been the first chassis to bear that. No, the E3 was the E3, the E9, maybe the E10. I don't know. It's been around for a long time. Doesn't matter. So anyway, that was pretty much the only interesting E12 model, the M535i, 78 to 81. Really cool the car. Ended in 81. 82 brought us the E28. That I will pull up here as well. I'm just going to pull up an E28 M5 so you can see the best of the best. Yeah, you got to show them you know, the best of it. And really, some people might argue that the best of the best is uh, an M535 Euro, like that. Yes. Because it has much better headlights and stuff, but I'm just going to go in U.S. market for uh, sake of convenience. The, the, the one you can regularly find. Right, and these are now through the roof. Ten, Not even ten years ago. Five years ago, you could pick one of these things up for nine grand. No I problem. remember... Uh, a few years ago, uh, Chase and Trigg picked up a uh, 535i with like a bunch of like Euro tuner parts on yep, it. I remember that car for like almost nothing. Yeah, well, those got down to like five hundred dollars. You could get them for nothing. And yeah, well, the thing is, like, once the E30 like it went through the roof, mm-hmm. these were next. Yep. And to be honest, I. I think I might like that more than I like E30 sedan. I mean, E30, you're wrong, but that's E30 fine. coupe I like more. Nah. But I think I like that more in the sedan. Because nah. I, what I love about these is I love the ridiculous greenhouse on that. Yeah, I mean, I loved the E28 I had, but it's it's nowhere near as good as an E30. Well, I don't think it as far as performance or anything. No, I mean, I mean, in just general. I like it. I, I think the design I like that more. It's fine. Because I, I also like the shark nose hood. Again, this is a Euro. They don't look that good here, but this one's lowered. It's got the Euro bumper, Euro headlights, tinted glass. looks really good. That's a properly good-looking car. So, yeah, E28, they added a lot of refinement, some suspension tech. However, underneath, you could bolt for bolt E12, E28 stuff underneath it. So they upgraded it, but they didn't change any of the hard points. Perfect. Interiors changed. Obviously, they added um, the digital onboard computer. They added the 2.7 ADA engine, more sophisticated uh, multi-point fuel injection, uh, they offered the first diesel. Shut up, Echo. <laughs> uh, the first uh, diesel, um, the first real M car, so the, the double overhead cam, uh, basically based on the M88 from the M1 that was in this car. Okay. Um, lot of, so a lot of technology, uh, a lot of things you just don't necessarily pay attention to, but just it's, it's a lot more evolution that happened there, and the revolution things were mainly powertrain. Uh, E28 went 1982 to 1987. 1988 brought us the E34, which is my favorite 5 Series. I would say the E34 is also up there for one of the best-looking German cars. Like It is. It's just so handsome. I mean, they, it's they really did a great they job. They did that car very well. Um, yeah. So I'm pulling up uh, 1995 540M Sport, and the reason why I'm pulling this up instead of an M5 is they look the same, but... They have just a little bit beefier side skirts and a nicer chin spoiler, and they're all 1995, so they got the wider kidney grills, which I prefer. And oh my Wasn't God. that also a Bond car? Or um, was that the 7 Series? 
I don't think either. Uh, no, there was an E thirty eight Bond car. Tomorrow never dies. That was an E thirty eight. Oh, it was E thirty eight. Oh, seven series. So yeah, the E thirty four. This was the first one to like clean slate. They changed all the suspension. Uh, again, very similar geometry, but they revised all of it. This was the last six cylinder M five. So this carried forward the S thirty eight engine, S thirty six in our country. Uh, brakes got much much bigger. Um, interiors got like real good power seats, heated seats. Uh, projector headlights, airbags. These are the first cars to offer stability and traction control in the large, um, sorry, not large, um, common cars you could buy, like the midsize segment. First yeah. car you can first have car, yeah, stability and traction yeah. control. First uh, six-speed manual transmission with a V8 in a midsize car. That happened in 1994 with the 540. Um, they had tons and tons and tons of problems with the V8s because um, our gas at the time in this country was, was super high sulfur. Right, yeah, yeah, it was corrosive, so it would just wipe out the cylinder liners. And you would have a 540 paperweight with no compression. Um, Perfect. They warrantied all the blocks if you got it in in time. So they went from Aliasil to Nicosil, or Nicosil to Aliasil, rather. And then all of the BMW V8s following have been that new okay, liner good. type. And then our gas is fine now. Right, so if you fine. had one of these cars and you didn't put a ton of miles on it and you had the bad block, you still were probably okay. You know, that's probably be worth a ton of money. A 540M Sport? With the, no, the one with the... With the, the Nicosil, Nicosil block? Yeah. I, I owned, I bought one of these for a thousand bucks, 95 six-speed M Sport car. With a Nicosil block? Yeah, with a Nicosil in it still. A hundred thousand miles on it with the M Sport interior Ooh, and everything. That'd be... Thousand dollars. Needed a clutch cute, and it was all. rusty. But no, it had good compression. It was wow, still strong. Um, but like just how times have changed. That was 10 years ago. Yeah. And well, that, I mean... That same car is I'm a just parts car one now. one of those Nicosil... Um, but that's old one, right? Nicosil? Nicosil, yeah. yep. I think one of those Nicosil uh, engines, just because they were all taken out, and now you can actually use them. Right. Now it's going to be the original engine and everything. Yep. Like, if you have one with, yeah, like, like... a numbers matching 94 with the Nicosil block. If you have block. one with <laughs> under 10,000 miles on it, so, like, actual collector miles, yeah. then that's going to be a car worth big money in the future. Other than the fact that you're buying the 540, and it isn't an M5, but, like, this particular 540... If you were looking at an M5, honestly, you should really look at these two. Yeah. Because the 95s, which these all were, I'm not going to say they all had alley cell blocks from the factory, but I'm pretty sure they did. If you can, if you had found one with a Nick cell, I'm sure that'd be just because of how rare it is. Right. If you could find a really early one that was a 94 build, I'm sure you could find a Nick cell 5. It's like with um, like Honda Civics. Like, mm-hmm. if you have the right combination of options on like a Civic SIR, you can find a Civic SIR that's worth more, EKSIR, I should say, that's worth more than a Type R. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Because you could get, if you get, like, the SIR with, like, the navigation, oh my God. Uh, the mid-wing, and, like, the right collar with the right interior <laughs> options, like, they will be worth more than the, uh, the equivalent Type R would be. I believe you. Because, I mean, this 540 is worth a lot more than some M5s. Yeah, and so. most Type R's were driven into the ground, and most SIRs were, <laughs> you know, kind of just driven around. <laughs> right. So, so, I mean, you're either going to find them in terrible or really good condition. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, so that's that's kind of the the E34 in a nutshell. Um, I'm, I'm skipping, obviously, a lot of models and a lot of tech changes. Uh, this this car was offered with the M50 engine, which was the by far the highest take rate, and it was a super high-tech engine. So was this V8, which started in 93, also offered five-speed automatics. Just tons and tons of tech jammed into this really old was car. Was that the f- 
first engine to have coil-on-plug ignition? The M50 was, yes. M50, okay. In yeah. 1991, yep, this car got the non-Vanos M50 in Yeah, we, we talked about that on, yep. the, uh, e- on the 3 Series. We one. did, yeah. yep. So same thing, the uh, first ever injection-molded intake manifold, all that kind of stuff. So very, very, very cool. The V8 carried for all that technology um, as well, and hmm. then it went to aluminum block. So really on the forefront of tech, the BMW V8 in 1993 was incredible. Because that was still an iron block? No. No, it was aluminum. First, oh. yeah, it was the metal matrix coated aluminum block, so it's just super lightweight. The The weight difference between a 525 and a 540 engine was... Like nothing. It was, it was lighter to get the really? V8. Really? Yeah. Huh. That's um, actually really cool. <clears throat> really power dense, but again, we had the fuel issues in this country. So if you they find one that's them. running now, honestly, the main reason why you should probably get a 540 M Sport is you get the better six-speed transmission, mm-hmm. and the parts for these engines fit everything like 93 to 03 that's awesome yeah everything just fits so i mean normally i don't recommend the v8s but these were the good ones the duplex timing chains they didn't have any problems with that kind of stuff so the 540 95 540 m sport 95 540 m sport the only one or maybe north of that five ninety five. if you're gonna buy an e34 it needs to be an m5 or a 95 540 m sport so okay, the exact one. All yep, right, that nice. exact one. So and that was a one year only. It was. Okay. You could get a five forty six speed ninety four ninety five, but they yeah. weren't quite as special. So uh, all the driving enjoyment certainly. The first, I think, one of the first cars I rode in that got me interested in cars back was in the day was a brand new ninety four five forty i six speed that my dad borrowed from a client when okay. he was still driving his e thirty two seven fifty il, which was also a rad car. But yeah, it incredible, really. They're they're a lot of fun. Uh, moving on, after this, we went to the E39. The Bond car. The Well, no, this wasn't a Bond car. The this E38 7 Series was. Oh, damn it. This was the, Cli- I, I, I this was the Clive I, Owen BMW Films car. I don't know why I really want this to be a Bond car. I feel like it should be. Because <laughs> it, it's a really good it, car. It, it, yeah, I You've mean, got one downstairs. I like. do. <laughs> I, I was even driving it today to put gas in it because it was really low. So, the E39, 1996, technically 1997 model year here through 2003. The six-cylinder cars brought us the first ever 5 Series with when, a when rack I, and pinion steering system, which when, was nice. When I think of a BMW. Yeah. That's the exact body style I think of, was that If somebody says series. BMW M5, you just immediately populate if you just say that. If you say BMW, I, I drive a BMW. You just kind of go through your mind, like, right, what, what, do they, what do they drive? And it's like, well, not an E30 M3, because that's ridiculous. It's too and expensive now. <laughs> <laughs> like, not, not a uh, G60 or whatever. What's the current body style? Uh, F10, uh, F30? Is, no. For, I, I had to Google it and write it. That's G30. Yeah, G30. So, <laughs> not, not, not a G30, because he's not a fool. Like, <laughs> like, His left leg isn't car. atrophied. Yeah, yeah like, this car is like just like what a BMW should be. This it's is, just... It's from the era where they cared, and it was just the best and understated. Like if somebody pulls up in that, you don't so, hate them. So wait, this was the first five series with rack and pinion steering. The six cylinder cars only. The M5 does not have a rack and pinion steering system. What? They, what do they? They my, still use that my car has ball recirculating thing? ball. What? The, why is what's with the Germans doing that? I don't know. I, I think it was a space issue because all the V8 cars had recirculating ball. Okay, because I, I but know the six cylinder cars. I know cars, Mercedes toyed around with doing a they stuck with it yeah mercedes stuck with it through the the 124 they wanted they wanted the luxurious steering feel yeah but when they went to w210 and 220 those are rack cars yeah um but anyway yeah the six-cylinder cars they were better they they were uh they had hydroformed 
aluminum subframes, which is still high tech today. That's in 1996. Really cool, yeah. All of them had it in the back. The six cylinder cars had it in the front as well. Um, like I said, rack and pinion steering on the 525, 528, 530, not on the M5 or the 540, but I, again, driving that car today, I am stunned at how well they pulled it off. Um, Xenon headlamps, uh, electric sun shades and stuff like that, uh, satellite navigation, 12-way power adjustable seats, all stuff that was available in the E39. Um, they've updated that car just once in 2001, ran 97 to 03. M5 was 2000 to 2003. I've got a 2000, which is kind of weird because it was a technology facelift car, but not an exterior facelift That's car. That's perfect. Which is really neat. Um, the 90s ones, the, the 90s ones I actually liked a little bit more than the, the that exact one on the screen. I chose a 2000, not on purpose, but I was happy to get one because yeah. they had a couple things that are like just like they're unique to this one car for this one year and this one model. Other than the, like what? Like the 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 M5 is a different gauge cluster because it okay. revs higher and things like that. The 2000 early 2000 cars have black gauge faces. All the other M5s have this light blue gauge face, which and is you a have really the high revving light blue. I have black. Oh, okay. So like I have the first like six months of M5 production in '99 when my yeah. car was made. They had black gauge faces. Huh. So my car has that. It's got the old style headlamps. Headlamps. It doesn't have these. It has the old style taillights, but it has body color trim, like a late model car does. So it's just Perfect. it's really strange. It's I, I love things like that. On my Civic, actually, what I'm looking for is I need the weirdest gauge cluster. I want a UK domestic market 1.6 or yeah 1.6 VT, which was the UK version of the. SI. Was it digital? <clears throat> no. Oh. <laughs> it was... I had to ask. <laughs> the, it, it came with a gauge cluster it revved to 9,000 RPM, which okay. is exactly what I need. Um, it was in metric, and it goes to 240 kilometers per hour. That's awfully fast for a Civic. And you can clear it if oh. you do the right engine stuff. <laughs> well, you, you can make that insane. Um, if you do a, if you put a H series in one of those and get, keep the line gearing, you can clear that gauge cluster. Um, but then the, the thing is it has to be from, I think it was the 89 only. Cause that was the only year where you could get the high revving one point, the B16. Okay. What was but, the, what was the head code on that one? Uh, it was just a B, B16A is that the first okay. one. Um, but you would, uh, It'd be a B16A engine, but it had orange gauge faces. After that... I do really like that. After that, they went to green. Orange is a great color. Yeah. I, I want that just because it looks really cool. I saw one... Uh, this dude I used to go I assume out, they're incredibly expensive. They're not terribly expensive. They're just stupid rare. Hmm. My friend Renee that I used to go out street racing with, uh, he's got one in his, and his car's orange, and that's why he got it. Uh <laughs> But uh, and I, to- he's I also totally get a, it. He's also got a B sixteen in his as well. So, but uh, that would have been yeah, really quick. Yeah, that would have been insane. But B series engines are great. But it was it was that one year only hmm. that they did that. After that, they went to green, and, <laughs> which like all the other Civics were. It's just the first two years because yeah. in, in uh, the UK it was only the UK that they had the orange. In the UK, you had to get it in orange because that you had to by law have new cars had to have orange gauge chases. That's there. really cool. Yeah, it was really, really <laughs> cool. I love how one, yeah, like manufacturers. 
dictate all this stupid crap. I this made me think of something from the Minneapolis Auto Show I have to touch on. That I8 Roadster. Yes. They finally have laser headlights in this car oh, cool. in the US. Do you know what's not cool? Hmm. You know that yellow triangle laser warning thing that's on every CD player from the 90s? <laughs> that's in the headlight facing forward and it cannot be that. removed. I love that. It's so disgusting. It's just gross. That's awesome. No, it's terrible. It's awful. So I actually, you know, I come to think of it, there's also another variant that I've never personally seen, but rumored. Okay. Uh, that Civic VT gauge cluster. Yeah. You get the exact same one in Greece, but all the lettering is in Greek. That sounds even cooler. Is it, so it's orange face, but orange face. The exact same ones you get. I've never <clears throat> seen it. I cannot confirm that, but I've heard rumors that the Greek ones are in Greek. Because I know I know that Honda would actually switch the lettering from being Latin letters to like Japanese or Chinese or Greek or something. Like, I've seen like where That's like just difficult to listen to. But it's, <laughs> that'd be so cool to see. So like there's like once like in like Russian like they're in acrylic. Like so it'd be so funny to see just Greek lettering all over my gauge. Face. <laughs> How fast you're going? No idea. No idea. It's all in kilometers. It's all in Greek. It's Greek to me. Liters. I, I don't know. I think I'm out of petrol. It's, I don't know. It's saying it's, some. It's Greek to me. Let's go get some euros. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry for hijacking. No, no this worries. Civic stuff. Um, back to the E39. Um, this also was the body style that started bringing unreliability to BMW. These uh, the the 540i starting in 1999. Mm brought us the M50 or sorry M62 TU engine which was the first ever engine from BMW in the United States where you had to worry about it. Really? Yeah, the M5 is solid what happened all the to six it? cylinders timing chains. Oh! <clears throat> yep. Ah! And the variable valve timing's not very good and PCV issues, they're not good engines. So that was not just the 5 series. I mean the X5, the 5 series, the 7 series, 99 to 03 just well and and newer there were there were issues with this replacement as well, but uh, don't buy a 540. If you're gonna buy one of these, honestly, find a 530i M Sport and buy that because okay. that is rack and pin and steering. It's or efficient, an really M5. reliable. Yeah, or an M5, obviously, but the 530 is actually a better car. You're just not gonna make as much money on it. Yeah. So yeah, that's the E39. After that, we got the F. Or sorry, the E60. I actually skipped it in the notes. <laughs> oh, whoops. Which one's the E60? Uh, that's uh, what Gib has. Oh, that's all right. Her car is actually nice. So that was... I'm going to touch on the M5 on that one, too, just because it was a V10. Oh, that is the V10 one. Yeah. And the beauty is North America demanded so much that BMW sell this car with a six-speed manual. It originally did not launch with one. That they took the manual out of the M3, shoved it onto the back of this thing, and they sold only us... Only the United States and Canada, a six-speed manual V10 BMW M5. So you want a car that is currently not worth a ton that will be worth an absolute metric ton of money in the future, you go out and find yourself a 2008, 2009. I really hate the internet. I just want a damn picture of this freaking car. It's the second picture. I don't care. Anyway, um, go find one with a manual like 100,000 yeah, or miles. This is It's I, not only that, it's a smoking tire video. I hate myself right now. Yeah, just leave it like this. We're done. Okay, we, fine. There's no the system. Yeah. <clears throat> um when I back when I used to go out street racing, there yep. was a M No, it wasn't M5. What, what was the highest one you could get before you got to the M5? This is uh 545 or 550. 
545, that's what it was. Okay. I, I remember it ended in a, with a 5. But uh, there's one that go out street racing with everyone. Also yeah. really unreliable engine. Yeah. Uh, the guy <laughs> upgraded from a Prelude. Okay. Uh, the Prelude had um, gullwing doors. It was like built in like the early 2000, like 2003. So like, it was definitely a 2003 looking car. Okay. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, he con- continuously done engine upgrades. So this oh. is about 2011 or so. Mm-hmm. So it's like Prelude with like gullwing doors and like a disgusting body kit on it. And it was like fast as hell. <laughs> like it was really frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> and then he sold it and he got one of these, and this was pretty quick. Like it, it, it did the job. Yeah. It wasn't as fast as the Prelude, but it was quick. I'm um, in a 545. I think those were 340 horsepower or something. That's about what the Prelude was too. Oh no, the Prelude was about closer four. So he took mm. a little bit of power hit off the Prelude, but his he went from Prelude to this. It was just like he went from like the most boy racer car to like an adult grown up car. It's so weird. I will. I mean, the the main thing I hate about the E60, this generation of five series, which runs from two thousand four until two thousand nine, hmm. um, actually maybe even later than that, they had mandatory iDrive. You cannot have one of these cars without that second hump in the the dash with oh, the, that's with the controller, that's and that really controller annoying. controls where the HVAC comes out of the vents too. So you have to go into a computerized menu. That's so and edit stupid. That. So that's really dumb. But anyway, V10 and six speed manual. Awesome. Um, With rack and pinion. The one thing I really don't like, I, I, I like the, does this have the taillights that look like a Japanese flag? There's a car right there. I know, but when they lit up, like, did they have the little, like, straight Facelift, lines? yes. Yeah, the facelift ones. Yep. The pre-facelift ones, where I hated the taillights on these. It, once I did the facelift, I started liking them, because I'm like, ah, Nihon, hi. <laughs> but then, uh, <laughs> wow. Wow. But, um... But before that, I'm like, I just, th- it did not do it for me. Well, this is a Chris Bangle car. And he's, oh, okay. he's a tremendously polarizing designer. Yes. I know what you mean. I'm yeah. familiar with the name. So, but then again, Mr. Wags is a Bangle car too. I know. So. <laughs> I'm aware of that. A- anyway. Uh, that, that's why as much as you love Mr. Wags, I don't like his designs. Oh, Mr. I love Wags Mr. Wags. So I like Mr. Wags yeah, mechanically. I like he's the concept. He's a good boy. It was just... If that was designed by Bruno Sacco, even that would be so. Anyway, such a better the E60. Car. It gave you that stupid iDrive, but it also gave you like radar cruise control, and it gave you adaptive headlights that turn with the steering wheel, and it gave you a bunch of other cool technology nobody cares about. Underneath, same subframes as any 39. That's good. Same. So reliable. Other than the V8s, do not buy a V8. Yeah, never. <laughs> yeah, any BMW V8 after 1999, just don't touch it. These went from the M62TU to the N62, and the chains were a lot better on those, but they had that Valvetronic system, which didn't use the throttle body anymore. It literally just continually adjusted with an eccentric rocker how far the intake valve lift would open, and it would use that as the throttle body. That sounds Fascinating like system. Pretty reliable, but... Shocking. And actually, that system doesn't fail. It's all the valve train inside. It's like the guides wear out, the seals, just those things just start cranking oil through the, the combustion chamber like crazy. Mm. So don't buy a V8. No. The M5 with the manual is a great collector option, if you can find one. Uh, if we end up getting a second unit here, I'm going to recommend to my dad that he buys one as a, a car just to sit on. Yeah. Because it's really... Those will explode in value. Um, I'm... Try to keep this short and sweet. We're moving on to the F10 after that. That car is... Mm, it's a departure. 
this one, they ditch. I mean, you can kind of tell just from the diagnostic system in a car what's going to happen. So they ditched standard K-Line OBD2, and they went to Ethernet. So this car is an Ethernet car. But you could still get a manual transmission in the M5. I believe you can only get them in the 550i and the M5, and only for a certain period of time. From the A-pillar back, I like the design <coughs> of this car so much more. It, that front this, end does not do it for me, though. This, in my opinion, is the last attractive 5 Series. Yeah. And um, the front end doesn't do it for me, but from the, the A-pillar back, it looks really good. I'm willing to accept the terrible front end if the rest of it looks good. But the first year of this car... Oh! oh, that's, oh! that's an E60, sorry. Those aren't that bad. There the we go. Front end looked terrible. The, the first year yeah, it looks way better. The first end. year of the F10 528i, this was Mr. Wag's engine. It was the naturally aspirated straight six. Actually, I really don't like their grill. It's fine. It's still a pretty good looking car. <clears throat> this is. I mean, the, overall, we just I mean, looked at the M5. Okay, so that looks better. There's a reason why we're looking at M5s. <laughs> but anyway, these. You know, I, I feel like BMW's kidney cancer they have on the uh, X7 didn't start with the X7. I think it started here. No, it started with the F01, so the uh, 7 series that this was based on. Yep. Uh, Those are pretty big. Yeah. Uh, and again, I think that started in 2010. So the kidney cancer has been real for a while. Yeah, they really should have. You know, address that before it got out of hand. Yeah, out. well, nobody cares about the cars anymore. Now it's terminal. And I don't even know if I want to touch on the G30 after this. I just want to just bring up a picture of it, please, so we can at least... Well, we're not, we're not done very oh, This oh, was okay. first twin-turbo M car. Oh, cool. All right. I mean, the, the X5M had the same LNG engine or whatever. So they, these are ridiculously powerful. This is when they got rid of the 10-cylinder, ten, the ten right? Yeah, they went away from the V10, and they put a tuned version of their standard road car v8 which is terrible so these engines last like sixty thousand miles good and then uh they carried that forward to the g80 m5 or g90 not as g80 um so yeah, here's the new m5 which is automatic only all-wheel drive only and it's stupid that sucks so there you go uh bmw's dead now there you go five series Oh, it used to be good. Yep. Um, yep. So uh, if you're going to buy a 5 Series, get uh, get yourself an E34 M5, E28 M5, E34 540i M Sport, E39 M5, E39 530i M Sport. How about years? What's the first year of the 5 Series? 1976. All right. And what was the last year of the... Um, manual? Of the No, not of the manual. The, the generation before the... Where it was still at the E... Oh, uh, E60 was the last one. So the V10 car ended the E chassis. And what year was that, did that end? 2011. So you have 1976 to 2011, which you yep. can purchase a vehicle from. Correct. Problem solved. Yep. Don't get the V8s. Don't get the V8s uh, except ever. For, except for, except for the M5 through, uh, through 99. Uh, through 03 for the M5. Okay. Well, yep. we're not going to confuse people. We're just going to give V8s 95 to 99, 76 through 2010, manual only, and you're probably going to get a pretty decent car. You stand a very high likelihood of getting a decent car with those rules. Yeah, and if you have specific questions, hop onto our Patreon page. Uh, yes. Become a patron, ask me a question, and I will answer it for you. Exactly. Now, uh, speaking of this, I want to talk about some design cues that we are not fans of. Oh, oh, okay. I've got a bunch of designs I don't like in cars. 
Right, I'm going to start with one, then you give me one, then we'll go back and forth. My first one, cars, manufacturers are afraid to have a strong roof line. Mm-hmm. They, they, do, they never do a straight roof. Like, if I think of all my favorite cars, they all have a strong roof line for the most part. So stuff like, I'm not going to get like into my, my, of course, 80s cars that obviously have a straight roof because you can't possibly make a curve with a straight line. Unless uh, you bend your ruler. Unless you bend your ruler. Which is illegal. Yeah. Um, but like modern cars, that E39 5 Series. Yep. Straight, strong roof. Yep. Uh, all Most of the Foresters. The newest one, does. it's kind of running away from that. Um, the Sabaru. Uh, 92X, yep. the Subaru Impreza's had a strong roof line, the IS300s, all of those cars had strong roof lines. Now, if I think of my cars that aesthetically make me want to puke, um, Nissan Murano Cross Cabriolet, just the Nissan Murano as a whole, <laughs> like the entire history of the Murano, um, the newer. 3 Series and 5 Series don't really have that strong roof line. G30 and G80, I think. Yeah, I think so. I don't um, actually know. The Civic Type R uh, really does, does not have a strong roof line. I still really like that car. Uh, you know what? The Mazda 5. I hate the roof on my car. <laughs> I absolutely detest it. Uh, the Maxima. There's a lot of... The, uh, the Legacy have terrible roofs. So... Okay. I think I think as as long as the roof isn't terribly aerodynamic, you are a fan of it. Well, no, no. I mean, you can have an aerodynamic roof and still have a strong roof line. It's all about the angle of the windows. Okay. And do you like or dislike the first gen Mercedes CLS? The one is super swoopy. Mm -hmm. You know, at first I'm like, that's interesting. I wasn't sure. At first, I loathed that car. Now I think it's one of the most attractive Mercedes of that generation. I don't really like it. Hmm. I, I I like the rear window. Okay. The way that they designed the rear window. What about the uh, uh, Audi 7, the RS7, S7? That's not, can you bring that up? A7, yeah. Oh, that's the one that's like that weird shooting brake sort of thing. Yeah, it's just like a CLS, but in an Audi. Yeah, see, that's that's exactly what I dislike. So you don't like this sort of car? Well, so this is the thing. I think if they had evened out the back window... And they made the back window even height with the front window, mm-hmm. and then they well, then it would be a wagon. Well, no, because then then you could continue your, your shooting brake from there, or your whatever you call it, cam back from there. Now they call them four door coupes, which is incorrect. That's not a coupe in any way. Nope, There's nothing that is a sedan. That. That's a sedan. Actually, it's got a hatch, so it's actually technically. Oh, sorry, a... no, I was wrong. They called a sportback. Yeah. Um. <laughs> So my other thing is with these swooping rear windows, it makes your rear visibility garbage. Oh, yeah. And then the, it makes... The sun angle for, yeah. like, reflection and everything. Oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. You can't actually see out the window. And then you have this giant piece of glass that's now, like, even more expensive to replace. And getting into the back seat sucks. So there's, like, at that point, that works fine if it's a coupe. Mm-hmm. But I think if you have a sedan, your rear windows should be as squared off as possible i think and this is the cls we were talking about earlier yeah the thing that gets me i don't like it's the um this pop-up thing the rear three-quarter right there i don't like that it it swoops i feel like it swoops down too much Hmm. like it looks like it it looks like they designed a three series and like they made the clay model and then they like sat on it I, 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 no, it, it was left next to a sprinkler or something. It got all droopy. <laughs> okay. 
Again, that's how I felt about that car when it first launched. But now, like, I look at a CLS, I'm like, it's just got better lines than, like, the E-Class or the S-Class of that day. Yes, of the day. Uh, I just, I don't know. I don't like the taillights on it. I don't that like... roof line really just bothers me a lot. Okay. It's really that roof line, I think. I think I would probably be a much better fan of that if it had a stronger roof line. I'm starting to notice a pattern with what you're saying. So. Yeah, it, but it's like, the thing is, is like that Audi RS7, like it has a lot going for it. I'm a really big fan of the... Just realized I wasn't even showing this on the stream. I'm oh, jeez. Now I am. <laughs> um, I, I, I really do like the strong belt line of the car. Yeah. But it's the roof line that just, I, I can't do it. Okay. I can't even do it. Um, the Ars is an R car that I really like that ha- is ruined by the roof. <laughs> the GRMN. Yeah. But, like, y- yeah, in, if, like, you want an example of something I really, really like that's got a strong roof line, uh, the second generation Salka Supra. I love the roof on that. That's a ruler roof. It's a ruler roof, but it's because... <laughs> that's a great term, actually. If you, can, if you compare that to the... Um, the 300ZX 2 plus 2 of that era, mm-hmm. which they did not have a strong roof line. The Celica Super looks way better because it was meant to be a 2 plus 2. And they made the roof properly. So that that's that's my thing that just kind of gives me automotive cancer. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, so what is your thing that you just cannot stand in modern cars? I am trying to f- pull up a photo because I was at the auto show and I noticed these. In a lot of Mercedes and in Lincolns, they are laser-cut stainless steel speaker grills. They are usually in the higher-end sound systems for cars, and they look so, so bad. Yeah. So I, bad. I get that. I'm. I and they're going to date like that. crazy. And we were talking about this before the podcast, and I was saying, like, these, the, these bother me. I don't like them, mm-hmm. but I feel like for somebody that's like super into cars in the future yeah. of this era, this so like, they, they got to have it product. This is going to be to somebody that likes cars from the 2010s. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the same thing as gradient headlights to me or gradient taillights to me for cars from the eighties. Oh God. It's just that really of the era thing that you could never possibly do on a modern car, like gradient taillights on like the, Mercury Topaz and the Grand Marquis looked terrible and the in the nineties. Yeah, they looked terrible in the nineties. But on like on like a Testarossa or a Pulsar NX, like they look great. So that's just one of those things where I, it's that's gonna be you are right. It's gonna be do Maserati use these? Probably. Yeah, I would be shocked if they didn't, because every single car they make is very of the era. So And I'm trying to remember what the name brand is that you know, the most of the Burmeister. That's what Burmeister, it is. Burmeister. Yeah. Uh, I called it Behringer earlier. That's what Mar Mixer is. Um, um, well, actually, I think um, Bing Olufsen is really guilty of that, too. B&O does, I think they do okay. They have, obviously, really good soundstage, but they've got the speakers that actually motorize out of the dash. On some cars. Point at you. Yeah, on on cool. Audis, they do the fancy-schmancy thing. I'm just like, eh. Fancy-schmancy, yeah. Um, <laughs> what movie was that from? <laughs> fancy schmancy. Uh no, it, that was from oh that's uh, uh Saving Private Ryan. Ryan. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, when they, the German guy <laughs> um, digging his own grave. Oh, I like America. Fancy schmancy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, do now, you have any, do you have any other models? Oh, yes, there's mm. the one that is oh, God. just bothers me. Grills. Oh yeah, me too. The grills on cars today and how they're fake as. 
Well, I mean the front grills, not the vents, but the actual front grills. I call all those grills. No, because that that's a separate, a separate thing that I have an issue with. But like the, can we look up the Avalon TRD? I'm scared. This car is the most guilty of it. Like it used to be the Lexus Predator face, but this one, <laughs> oh, the spindle grill. Yeah. <laughs> oh, why did you do that? <laughs> uh. Okay. And images. Thank you, Ryan. I definitely wasn't going to click on images myself. Uh, let's click click on that YouTube one. That that should be a large enough thumbnail. That's hey, right, right click it. Oh. Because I'm gonna play a YouTube video. It's fine. Um, I have it muted, so. Yeah, but we're not gonna actually get a look at the grill. You're gonna look at the other things about this car that I actually like. Uh, uh, yeah, you're not gonna get a good view of it. They... Nah, we will. No, you won't. You're gonna waste the entire episode. Just, you know, you have the ability to right click on a, on a, these pictures. No, right, right click. I did. No, uh, no. I right clicked it. That you, you opened it in a new tab. Right click and then open image. Copy image location. Where is that? There it is. Let's try this. Thank you, audio listeners, for there you by. go. <clears throat> now, wow, look. that's really disgusting. That's all blocked off. Yes, they have these huge grills, like implying that you have to have a massive grill for performance. You know what a big grill reminds me of a Peterbilt. It doesn't look like a performance car. Because you think about it, like... They make fast Peterbilts. Yeah, but I mean, you know what I mean. Like, look at the Murcielago. That's a way better performer than the Avalon. Yeah. And those grills are itty-bitty. They're tiny. And the, the ones in the back, they that actually, actually they close are them the up. grills. Yeah. They're itty-bitty. These, like, they just look terrible. We don't want active shutters. We want active batwing ducts. And it's just, it's really frustrating. It breaks up the body lines of the car. It looks like you're driving a car without a bumper on. Yeah, it does kind of look like your bumper fell off and you're looking at the core beam inside. Yeah, and it's just, it, it looks awful. It's impossible to keep clean. It looks, it's just terrible looking. Um, the the Yaris of all the modern body style Yaris looks terrible as well. Um, big grills, they got to take a hike. Cause, big grills need love too. Well, it's like, I think it's lazy design actually. Because instead oh, yeah. of designing a pretty bumper, you're like, I'm just going to make a grill. And then you just make the grill as big as possible. Instead of like, instead of like being able to like make like, all right, how do we make this bumper look good? Like that's, that doesn't exist anymore. Um, another thing is actually committing to having a bumper on your car <laughs> is another thing <laughs> that I will add on there as well. Because like your five series looks great. The EF Civic looks great. The, I don't know, Toyota Camry from like 1997 looks great because it had a bumper on it. <laughs> that, that, that. As long as you're not talking 1974 DOT crash bumpers. No, 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 no. But there's like, you know, having a defined bumper and... And one that's pre-pedestrian safety rule crap. Because like even like looking at the fit yesterday, that thing sticks out like nine inches below the headlights in the bumper, mm-hmm. and it's just not good. And yeah. it's it's because you want to kneecap pedestrians and wipe out their feet first, because it's better for them. It, it, yeah, I mean, you know, if you want a car kneecap somebody, a Countach is a very safe pedestrian car. No, that shins you. Uh, oh, oh, oh! You're trying to hit the kneecap. You want to hit? You want to knock them out at the knee? Oh, so you break their legs and cripple them? No, it's supposed to it's supposed to wipe you off your feet, so you like face plant onto the hood, basically. 
That's and then, safer. And then go over the car. Depends on how fast you're hitting and the then, pedestrians. And then they land on their face. <laughs> okay, I want to talk about LED running lights. Oh, God, those need to take a hike, especially when they're separated. I just, yeah, like multiple clusters of this crap now. I'm just like, dude, no, just stop. Just, think, you're done. You know, there's a difference. I'm not, I'm not talking about, like, I assume you're not talking about, like, the edge lit, like, plastic, but the actual showing the LEDs, right? I'm talking about all of it. It so, was fine in the early 2010s when they came out with this crap. Can you, can, uh, just to make sure, I just want to see uh, Subaru Square C headlight. Can you just bring that up real quick? So those are what you're talking about. That that's it. That's that that's the it. Just any company that does this crap, just stop. So just stop. It's it's fine. It, it's of the era. It's like the laser cut speaker grills are going to be this decade. Just leave those in the past. Stop it. You know, I think that um, small little LED strip, fine, 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 fine. There, there. This would have looked really good on cars from the nineties yeah. if they kept the same design trend that they used incandescent bulbs for. Yep. So, like on the CG Accord, the ninety-seven or so Accord, ninety-nine Accords. Um. Those ones where they had this, like, they yeah, the turn signal, and then the turn signal extended beneath the entire headlight. Okay. Um, they had like a incandescent bulb like the inside, and then like a series of mirrors to try and get the light to go all the way around it. Okay. And it didn't really work. And you just had this like awkward bulb at the inside, and then just like some orange stuff. Uh, BMW came out. They were actually the first company to do daytime running lights that looked good. And there were oh, the, the, the halo lights in 2001. Yeah, the, and these yeah, were now these they're were, on everything that looked terrible. I know. I now I wish they had never done it, but these. Yeah, it's in the stream. Um, they did this uh, with DDE, which is acrylic tubes that are notched and then heated up and then bent. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the, the light is able to refract, basically pull through each one of these. Yeah, it, it's, nice, you, you edge light the, the, right, the acrylic well, tube, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, is, same, it same, is technically edge lighting. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's edge lighting, yeah. So I, I like this. This is good, but, like, pure... Uh, nasty white like LED like the 6000K I hate that I like yeah. this warm crap yeah the warms, warmer looks better so, um, I don't know but can can we just look at the CG Accord just so I uh, just type in like a CG C- yeah CG Accord um, headlight Let's see. Um, mm. it, really any one of those should work as long as you see the front end of it decently stock headlight would be good I like the CG Accord. Yeah, I think it's a very pretty car. I like but the back right, end. right here, that's a perfect example. This one. Yeah, and then if you could just right-click on the picture and do the image location, so you guys should get the real picture instead of having. Why does image search not just right. do that when you click on? I it? know, right? Anyway, so you see that orange piece at the bottom of the headlight? I sure do. Uh, there is a bulb on the inside near where the high beam is, and there's mm-hmm. a bulb way out underneath the turn signal. Okay. And then the rest of that, they tried to reflect it and just didn't work and just got dimmer. <laughs> These look like aftermarket headlights. No, they're modified stock ones. Oh, jeez. But that or- all that orange stuff is should be lit up. And I think if that was edge-lit acrylic yeah. and orange... That would look way better. Would look Maybe it's just Amazing. the color temperature I have a problem with. Like... Color temperature is a huge thing. You know what? That's going to be my next... Uh, beef with modern cars okay. is why the hell does everything have like a 12k headlight on it 
I don't know. Like you have these like like LED like fog lights on top of the headlights that are more in the way of your eye, and then a 12k. So the fog lights only make you more blind. And that yeah, they don't light up the road as well. No, they don't. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with a yellowish. The headlight. peak is like 3,000 k or 3,200. Yeah, it's, it's around there. That's why I have yellow fog lights on my car. The, I don't want to if the Model people. S ever blows up its HID capsules, which I think it will, because it auto headlights all the damn time. Perfect. You'll put in 3K? I'm going to put 3K. So. That's going to look really tight. Yeah, it's going to look maybe better. So I'm going to do that. So, um, yeah, those, I think those are that. Th- those are some things that are really, really irritating. Um, I don't want to talk about this anymore. It's making me irate. Okay. Let's talk about spring springing in Minnesota. Yes. How is your Cressida doing, project-wise? It's, uh, it only has... Four inches of snow on top of it. Right nice, now. not so bad. It's almost there. Um, I got Jana's <laughs> car in the driveway. Okay. Um, so once I put the new automatic into the Cressida, just to get it drivable, so I can actually enjoy it. Mm-hmm. My super wheels on Jana's car isn't going under, under the knife, so I'm really excited. That's gonna be the car B setup. Yep, it's gonna be. The, it's gonna go B series first, and then if I can find cheap B series wiring harness, I might just throw it in as is. But if I can't, I'll throw it on carbs. I just nice. I want to get that car as, like drivable as quickly as possible. The biggest hurdle on that is I have to make a custom seat for Jana. Oh, because she's kind of short. She is a little short. So I need diminutive stature. Yeah, I need to move this. Luckily, I I love bending my knees when I'm driving. That's weird. I always have my knees bent when I'm driving. So well, I mean, yeah, makes sense. I don't I don't drive straight legged. Yeah, no, like I, I'm like a type two like van. I'm okay with that level of knee bending when <laughs> okay. I'm driving. Um, so I'm okay with MCI driving. bus knees. Which, which is, it's comfortable, but it's fine for me because now Janet can actually push the clutch all the way down. So that's going to be the big thing is I'm going to have to get the custom seat made for her. Um, or at least rails. Yeah. Well, I'm, we're doing the prelude seats as well because they're comfier. Those are um, very comfortable. And they're very, very cool. And very cheap. Yeah, I'm like, hey, you're giving junkyards. That's what I did for our first jump car, and we didn't end up using them, but yeah, I paid I, $19 for a perfect pair of... Well, I got, I got these ones because they were, they were they ended up being brown. I thought they were black. Mm. They're like super dark brown. Mm-hmm. As I put them in my Civic, and I looked at them in the light, I'm like, this is useless. <laughs> <laughs> these are worthless. It's a brown. And so I ended up... Um, just holding on to them, and Jan has a brown interior in her car, so perfect. Throw them in. So set their game match. So comfy. So I'm really yeah, excited for that. Fourth gen prelude seats. Are so the, the the first thing is gonna be uh, probably the transmission and the Gressida. I might is stupid cooler lines. I really just hate getting underneath that in my in my garage. I just because <laughs> I, I I know I work at an auto shop. I just. Get out of the shop and do the transmission swap in like a day. Yep. And I have to do it underneath the car. It's going to be like two days. I'm just, ah, it's ruined my... It, <laughs> At it's, least two. It's going to ruin a weekend. Yes, I just know that. Yes, it will. And I really value my weekends. I do not want to ruin it by doing that. So That's fair. There's a chance I might just take Jana's car and address the brakes first. Hmm. And then you know, maybe register the Crested again and <laughs> limp it down the road. Before it to my uh, shop. falls into the... Um... Five years, I think, of non-registration in Minnesota, where they like wipe it from record. Uh, my, my Civic's still on records. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I guess I it, we no, it's got, it's got collector plates. That's why. Yeah, I think that probably is what it is. Yep. Yeah. So the crest, well, the crest has got plenty of time before then. So, mm-hmm. um, I just put collector plates on everything because I don't want to buy hundreds and hundreds of tabs. Yeah, I do it on as much as I can typically, but I've got more and more shit these days that isn't old enough. So 
Yeah. So. But I'm yeah. Before you came down here, I took out the M5, and I took that to get gas on it because it was like below the last zero notch on the gas gauge. What's going on with your 1602? Uh I don't have the wiring harness for it because Aaron Stakowski has it in his car in Cambridge, and he works out of state. So my plan, once the snow melts in Stillwater, is to get the O2 down here. Once mm-hmm. the either the GL or the Fiat go away, because right now this place is at capacity, it's full, I can't do anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, once the O2 is down here, if I can't get the harness by then, I'm either gonna throw the carb back on it, or I'm gonna put a micro squirt on it in the meantime, just so I can drive the damn thing. Dude, can you put a twin carb on that? Uh, n- well, you could put you can put um, DCOEs on it. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like a couple of DCOEs would be sick on It'd that. be fine, but I like I have this. Raychem like aerospace wiring harness with a Mega Squirt 3 Pro with like all this fancy crap, which is going to be great. It looks beautiful, but it's worthless without the second half of the harness. Yeah, I get that. And I spent $400 just on the plugs for this harness. I'd say throw the carb back on for now. My my carb was no good, so I would have to buy a whole new carb setup for it to make this work. Can you put a Weber on it for cheap? Mm, I have to buy the Weber compatible manifold to do it. Can you get an adapter? Mm. It's got a single throat Solex <clears throat> on it from the factory, which I could I could buy a Solex. Oh, but what kind of Solex? That's a single crappy one. I don't know. I still like have a the picked old one. one, pick two, pick three. I have no clue, Ryan. It's a carburetor, but I, no, I, I want to drive the O2. I cannot believe I didn't get it going last if year. If you can get, because all right, what you can do just to get it running, yeah, you can get like an MP picked, like if it's like a picked, say like a picked, a picked three, which is a like for like about like two liter or so engines, mm-hmm. um. If you get one of those, MP makes a knockoff of the original Solex carburetor for Volkswagens. Mm. They suck, but if you get a, a different uh, jet kit from like an actual quality brand, they'll work fine. Because hmm. that's what I'm going to end up doing with the Accord, is I'm, I'm going to run MP DCOEs and then get a Weber jetting kit. I mean, I save, I still have the distributor, and I still have all that. The car did technically run when i bought it but the Just idle terrible. was 6500 rpm that's not running <laughs> no but i know like the ignition worked and like the starter worked but i mean i just i need to get this other part of the harness because yeah. i want it to be nice so that that is there but i mean the order of operations like i gotta part the old element out but like the the o2 <coughs> needs to go that's louder than I thought it would be. I'm sorry. It's fine. I don't think the microphone picked it up very well, but lots to do. Uh, the M5's on the lift now, actually, and I've got a bunch to do there. Oh, I, I I looked over, and I thought the front bumper was like hanging off from yeah. chunks or something. I'm like, oh. No, it's just the black. It's not <laughs> yeah. the same thing. I only looked over twice. Like, oh my <laughs> god, no. I'm like, what did I bump on the test drive? Getting gas today. <laughs> yeah, I took that in the 1M out, but there's. Gotta, so much here. You I, gotta I buff those headlights too. Those, I'm going to replace them. Those are some poverty-looking headlights. They're beyond saving. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I buffed them I'm last not, year and it I'm helped not really, a little bit, but not one to talk. I should say. Again, it's hard because those headlights are for one year, one model. I found a pair in nice condition. I would honestly separate locations. I would honestly just buff those for now. No. I ref- on that no, I'm not on that car. That car is going to be done nice. Well, no, I mean, until you can get the nice ones. No. So. I, I buffed them last year. It helped for, like, a couple of days. Did you use, like, actual buffing kit, or did you seal them and everything? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, and that still turns out. Oh, yeah. yeah, you have to wet sand them once they're that far gone, and I'm not doing that. Why don't you wet sand them? It's fine. I don't want to. 
I have new headlights in the trunk. Oh. I've already oh, bought all have this them. stuff. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know you actually the bought it. The trunk is completely full of all the things to make that would car be the nice. first thing I would do because that's ruining that car right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because right now mm-hmm. it looks like it's from Northeast Minneapolis or Northwest Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. Like some drug dealer has it. Yep. Yeah. yeah, it looks like a 528 with a freaking M5 bumper on it right now. Uh, I would say a 540 Nicosil blowing oil out the back. Nah, these were all alley still. But no, I'm, I mean, that's what it looks like with those headlights. <laughs> but it's the thing is solid. I'm I'm happy about that car. I cannot believe how good it is to drive. But no, oh, yeah, that it's I've been in one. And they're That's, they are very good cars. I, I don't know how they did it. It is greater than the sum of its parts. It's like the one M. It just doesn't make any sense. No, it, it's it, it's one of those very 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 good cars. It is better than the sum of its parts. Mm-hmm. And that's awesome. Um, on my van, uh, I'm gonna be doing some need to get tires soon. <laughs> I'm really dragging my ass on this one because I really <laughs> really don't want to put tires on these like bent ass factory wheels. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm like I'm holding out hoping that like there's gonna be like a cool set of wheels on like, Facebook Marketplace or something that like aren't horribly expensive and are 17s. <laughs> it's just like, I, this is why I, this is exactly why I hate modern cars. Okay. Cause like, I really want to get a set of decent wheels from a van mm-hmm. and like any set of decent 17s is like $1,500. Whereas like, if I want to get some like decent wheels for my civic, like I'm like haggling for $500. Right. Like I'm trying to get down from there for like a set of Mugens. It's just like <laughs> frustrating. It, what you should do, that's 501 14.3, right? Yeah, I should convert to get 4x140. Some, uh, no. Or 4 Get some, like, stock Tesla Model 3 wheels just to troll people. That, those actually look good. They do without the yeah. aero covers. And they're cheap. Up. Really? Nobody um, wants them. Oh, yeah? yeah. Where, where do you find them? I just, like, Tesla uh, Join, yeah, join a Tesla for sale group or something on Facebook. Yeah, I might be, I might be about that. What, they're 17 by what? Uh, yeah, I might be into it. Uh, that'd be really cool. Because, yeah, they're, yeah. They're not bad. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm looking for. It could, otherwise, I don't know. Maybe I'll tell Trig to make me some like 5x114 to 4x140 adapters. Oh, my God. <laughs> some people just want to watch the world burn. <laughs> That'd be me. I think that's going to be your bombshell. Perfect. I want to watch the world burn. So Sounds good. Thank you very much for uh, listening to us Babylon for an hour and 20 minutes of your life. Oh, it's like Babylon. Yes, Babylon. Perfect. Uh, Jan's screensaver is currently a centaur of Bill Murray um, doing the little finger touch thing. Like, oh, on the my top of the Lanta. Sistine, uh, chapel with... Um, no wonder that computer has no more resources. It's rendering Bill Murray all the time. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so that's, on, that, on that bombshell... Stop it! Nobody cares about you! <laughs> on that bombshell, I think we should go get the bagpipes. Thank you for... <laughs> Uh, listening to us and have a good weekend and we will see you on Monday. (laughs) We'll see you on Monday, guys.